The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! Or I won't. There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite so easy to see. And I must have missed something when you were just talking to me. I must have not been paying attention when you were busy slamming the door. I guess the things that passed for See if Kendris is alive yet. Little weasel. Dave, you gotta do the Baba Paz with us. <clears throat> it's David. Ba, 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 ba. It's David. <laughs> Old habits die oh, hard. Oh man, this I'll is not gonna go you. well. I can already tell this is not gonna go well. I got you back, David. All right, honey. <coughs> oh boy. <coughs> oh, such a character. All right, let's get this show on the road, I All guess, right. shall we? Hi, hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hiya, Top. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Got a pretty interesting show for you today. You know, we, had, we, we got the ratings. Uh, Chrissy sent me the ratings last week, I think. Um, I didn't open it right away. I opened it a couple of days later. Of and, course. And, and you still had me back. And, and I'm, <laughs> I, am, I am shocked at the ratings are literally... Through the roof. Now, yeah. the podcast sponsorships are not through the roof. So if you'd like to sponsor us, it's $50 a week. You get your thing in the front. We'll talk about you during the show. We'll mention you during the show. And then we always uh, post stuff on Facebook for you. Yeah. Um, so please get in touch with us if you want to do that. I um, want to thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate Century 21, AFC Urgent Care, Marsan and Sun Construction. I've had several people ask me on Facebook the last few days, hey, I really need a contractor. And I know Dave's not available these days because he's so booked. David is available, not available. So um, who should I call? And I said, well, you know, the guy you really should call is Ronnie Marsan. He's, he's got Marsan and Sun Construction. Uh, Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my uh, tortellini salad. No, I just live on tortellini salad. Now, now that I've tasted the Borelli's tortellini salad, that, I don't even want to eat anything else anymore. No. I get that. <laughs> I get the butternut squash, and that's pretty much it. I'm good for like oh, the, the week. the ravioli, yeah. Yeah, the butternut squash ravioli. Yep. Then we've got uh, Teddy Fairburn, who I'm, I haven't heard from Teddy in, a, in a, about a month or so. So we're hoping he's going to come back. He may not. Um, you guys, when you're watching the show and you see the ads, please patronize the people who are sponsoring the show. Because... Of, of all of our advertisers, there's always one that says, hey, I'm not getting any calls. The rest of them say they're getting calls, but there's always one that says they're not getting calls. And I think Teddy is probably one of the guys that's not getting any calls. So if you need a worker's comp in, uh, uh, attorney, if you got hurt at work, or if you got hurt during some kind of work-related uh, 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 activity, please call Teddy Faber and tell him you saw his ad on the show. Tell him that you appreciate that. Also, Tomo and Happy Crab, which we will be on Saturday again because we love Tomo and Happy Crab right yeah. down here on Broadway. Clear Path for Veterans New England and, of course, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, who uh, advertises on the show even though they don't need, they don't need the business. Uh, the, the owner, I know the owner really well. His name is yeah. David. He doesn't like it when you call him Dave. So, <laughs> so a couple of things before we get to my guest. Um, um, he just pulled, so I got, we got the ratings, and I was, I was shocked at how, at how 
the ratings are literally through the roof. Now, compared to like last year at this time, they're not as good because last year at this time, if you remember, we were all locked down. Right. Right. We were just yep. starting to come out of the lockdown a little bit. So a lot of people were stuck at home. And yes. so our, our, I don't think we'll ever be able to beat COVID ratings. We had the best ratings in the world during COVID because right, right. we were the only, all the other, all the other podcasts canceled during COVID. They stopped coming in. Yep. I came in, I came in every single week. We continued to do a show. I remember Neil Perry used to come in and say, how come you're not wearing a mask? How come you're still doing your show? You're still publishing a newspaper during COVID. Aren't you worried? No, I'm not worried. And, um, and so we had, so we had great ratings last year, but for, for the last six months, our ratings have been really high. Our highest rated show, I went back and I did some counting. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, from my math, and I went to Lawrence High, so you have to double check my math. Okay. But, uh, but from my math, our highest rated show was the show we did on Steve Saber, Wanting People to Go Hungry in, in Methuen. I believe that might have been, yeah. That was our highest rated mm-hmm. show. Our second highest rated show, which should have been our h- highest rated show because she's so goddamn beautiful, is when Jaina Zanny Pesci from the Methuen yeah. School Committee was here. That show should have had like 20,000 people watching that show because she's like a supermodel. Like, I know you're not supposed to talk about women's looks today because it's supposed to be all bad. It's not bad at all to compliment someone on their looks, I don't think, anyway. And, and I feel like I, it's all on how you'd go about doing it. So. I guess. I guess. Well, so, was that okay? Husband, was that? Her husband's like a muscular guy. Maybe yeah. He'll I love Vinny. See, pay, you, pay you a visit. I'm not sure who I'd want to marry more, her or Vinny. Vinny's oh, the greatest guy in the world. Like, no, he's literally like the greatest guy in the world. There's literally nobody nicer. In my lifetime, I don't think I've ever met anybody as straightforward, as honest, and as nice as Vinny, Vinny Pesci, her husband. That's it. I'm leaving. So the, <laughs> <laughs> so the only reason why Jaina and I haven't cheated on each other, haven't cheated yet, is because I love Vinny so much that I could just never do that to Vinny. I just couldn't. Uh, that's I, I that's couldn't, the reason it yeah, hasn't I, happened. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and if he was anybody else, trust me, I could do it. I have no problem cheating at all. I have no morals whatsoever. But because of Vinny, I, I, I've, I've not done that. Um, Kendra's Vasquez is the, I'm sorry, the third highest rated show was, was David, who oh, does not it? want to be called Dave. Yes, he was our third highest rated show. Um, He's going to needle me on that. The, yeah. the, 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 <laughs> the acting mayor who nobody wants to call acting mayor, they keep wanting to call him mayor for some reason to boost his ego, I guess, to kiss his ass. Uh, Kendra's Vasquez is having a live event right now, supposedly, um, where uh, my insider friends in the mayor's office in Lawrence say that he's going to be talking about possibly shutting parts of the city down and going back to some kind of lockdown situation because of COVID. So next week when the paper comes out, I'm going to have a a story. I started doing the research yesterday on how many people in Lawrence got COVID, how many people died of COVID, and how many of them were young, healthy people. Because Lawrence has like, and I'm going to exaggerate just to make the point, but Lawrence has something like, 15 nursing homes. It's probably like nine. I don't know what the actual number is, but there's a lot of nursing homes in Lawrence, more than anywhere else. So of course the Lawrence numbers are higher. But if right. you if you factor out people that are in are, are in institutions like like nursing homes or assisted living, the numbers are very, very, very low in Lawrence. And yet Kendris and a lot of the elected leaders in Lawrence are still running around like Chicken Little, yelling that the sky is falling. And so we're gonna we're gonna try and focus a little on that. And I might even talk about it next week. Um, I'm trying to get do these as quick as I can so we can get to Dave Ed. Um, <laughs> I corrected him one time, and now you're going to uh, come at the whole so, time. <laughs> so in, in Methuen, now, I mean, we, we have the Incumbent Protection Act in Methuen. The way they do their elections is only to protect incumbents. So here's what they do. If you want to run for city council or mayor or school committee in, in, in November, you have to pull your papers by, like, July, Right. July or maybe the beginning of August. Well, who in their right mind, what regular average normal person who has their own life to live is thinking about the November election in July? Nobody. They're all thinking about vacation, the kids, getting back to school, all that other stuff. So there's a deadline to pull papers. So if you don't pull nomination papers by that date in July or beginning of August, you can't run. Now, in other communities where they actually care about democracy, they don't cancel primaries. If there's three open spots and there's only one person running, they still have a primary. So that if you want to run on a sticker campaign or a writing campaign, you can get your name on the November ballot. Methuen doesn't do that. In Methuen, it, let's say that you've got um, the two East District Councilors in Methuen are Eunice Ziegler and uh, Steve Saber, right? So normally, in order to have a primary, you'd have to have five people running because four would get nominated to go to the November ballot. Right. So if there's only three people running or two people running, they cancel the primary. And here's why that's bad. And I've talked about this before, and I'm going to do this just real quickly again. Because 
if the average person looks at the landscape of who pulled papers and they don't like their choices, well, in other communities where they care about democracy, they could say, well, you know what? I'll run on a sticker campaign in a primary against Steve Saber or Eunice Ziegler. And if I get 50 votes, if I get 50 write-ins in the primary, my name goes on the November ballot and I'm equal to them. I'm on the ballot in November. But if you cancel the primary, then you've got to run on stickers in a final election against people whose names are already on the ballot and you will never, ever win. Right? It's just a numbers game. You can't do it. So here's what they do. There's a, there's a deadline to, to pull papers, then a deadline to turn papers in, and then if you don't have double the number of people that get elected plus one so that somebody gets eliminated in a primary, if you don't have an elimination for a primary, they cancel their primaries. And the only people this helps are the political insiders because the political insiders are thinking about the next election the January before. Like, for example... There's going to be a November local election in Lawrence, Methuen, and Haverhill, right? This, the, Diana DiZoglio, who's a state senator who doesn't come up for re-election until next year, has already declared herself a candidate for state auditor for next year. So politicians are always thinking a year ahead. The average person's not thinking a year ahead on elections. The average person starts paying attention to elections like, I don't know, like a month and a half before the yeah. election. So this only helps the insiders because the insiders all talk to each other. They all decide who's going to run. Okay, I won't run for this if you're going to run. I'll run for this other thing because I don't want to run against this guy. And they all conspire behind the scenes as to who's going to run for what, who's going to run for what position, which position might be open so that they'll pull papers for that. But nobody else knows that that position is going to be open because nobody else knows that that guy's not going to run for re-election. And all it does is it helps the political insiders keep power. During the debates last year, I asked every single city councilor candidate about this issue and said, this needs to change. And almost every single one of them said, you're right, that needs to change. And yet here we are two years later, guess what? Didn't change. So this year, you have the East End councilors, Eunice Ziegler and Steve Saber running completely unopposed, and there's no way to get them out, period, no way. Because if there was a primary... We could recruit people to run on stickers to get their name on the November ballot, and then they would have to spend money, knock on doors, and campaign. I don't know, actually, like, do work, right? Hmm. In the Central District, you have Joel Ferretra and, and Jim McCarty. No opposition this year. Nobody pulled papers to run against them. And now you're stuck with them. Why even have an election at that point, right? I mean, at, at this point, you just, why have an election? In the West End District, there is a candidate. Mike Downs is running. He's a hero uh, veteran, and he's going to be on the show next week. He's going to be running against Mike Samad and Ali Safi. That's going to be a really tough race. That's going to be a really tough race because he is an exceptional candidate. But Mike Samad is a hero police officer, and he's very well liked in his district. Ali Safi, by the way, is an exceptional counselor. So much so, in fact, in my opinion, she's one of those few counselors that she doesn't get involved in. The, the back and forth, the sniping, the calling people out from the table, embarrassing people during public meetings. She never gets involved. We don't agree on a lot of stuff. Like, we didn't agree on the Solomon thing. We didn't agree on, on a lot of those things. But I at least admire the fact that she wasn't throwing bombs at people like certain other people were. Like, I don't want to mention Mike Samad. But there were certain other people that were dropping bombs at city council meetings and publicly humiliating people. And, and she, didn't, she didn't engage in any of that. And so I really like uh, Ali Safi. And it's going to be a tough race. In the at-large race, we have three incumbents running for re-election. Jessica Finicaro, please vote for her. Um, Dave Beauregard and uh, Nick DiZoglio, all three incumbents running for re-election. There's three seats open. And we have one challenger. And you guys are going to love this because she was our best guest of two years ago. Was it 20, what is this, 2021? She was our best guest of 2019. And when I say, if you guys remember her being on the show, you'll remember that that was the best show ever. Joyce Campagnon is going to run in the at-large race. And, um, and so we're going to try and have her in here in the next couple of weeks too. All right, what else? Did we get to everything? Oh, ads for the August edition. We're putting the August edition of the Valley Patriot together right now, this week. We will be out on Tuesday. This is the time to advertise in the paper because it's election time, local election time. Our readership doubles at election time. More people are paying attention to the elections. More people are reading our paper. More people to see your ad. We're running a special right now. We're calling it a, a two-for-one upsize. If you buy a half-page ad, we'll give you a full-page ad for the price of the half-page ad. Or if you'd rather have two half-page ads on two different pages, 
We'll do that too for the repetition so people keep saying your name when they're flipping through the paper. So please get in touch with us if you're interested. If you're a candidate, if you're a business, this is the time to get in. Um, and what else do we have? Okay, so I think we're good. Please, if you guys, anybody out there is watching Kendra's Vasquez, please come on the feed and let us know exactly what he's saying so we can report it uh, live. Uh, to my left, to your right, is our good friend David Consoli, who I who I learned who I learned I'd been saying I've been calling him Dave, and apparently his mom does not like to, him. To be, does not like Dave. She likes it's David. My birth name. And and so listen, I, I I'm it's I'm not my mom. It's me. Is it really? <laughs> it's all You're just us. blaming your it's mom. All of us. I never want to blame make, his I, mother. I never want to blame. I never want to get anybody's mom mad at me. Right. So uh, David Consoli from Pleasant Valley Landscaping, who advertises with us, even though he doesn't need the business. He came on board when a certain city councilor in Methuen called for a boycott of the Valley Patriot. Actually, he called for a boycott of Methuen businesses, businesses yeah. advertising in the Valley Patriot, which as a city councilor, I still, I still, that just, <laughs> I still don't get that at all because it's not hurting us. It's hurting Methuen businesses when you're supposed to represent them on the council. Um, by the way, that, that individual has since apologized and have accepted oh, his apology, Did which, which is why I didn't mention his name. Oh, that's great. Had he not apologized, I would have told all of you guys through the entire election who that guy is. But... Uh, he did apologize, and I believe it was sincere. Didn't we talk about apologies last time I was here? We, we did, they yeah. go a long way. Listen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of apologies. We, when, when someone humbles himself enough to apologize, then I, and I think it's sincere, I think we should always accept their he apology. You should apologize always, to me because that was predicated me to writing a check. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, he's into me for a couple of grand now, thanks to that guy. So, um, so um, where was I going with this? So, so that's how we got Dave. And Dave called and said, listen, I don't like, I don't like what the councils are doing to you. They're kind of pickpiling on you. I want to advertise and I want to show my support. Um, and so anytime an advertiser wants to come on the show for any reason, we've had uh, AFC Urgent Care. Lisa Williams has been here, whom we love. Um, we're going to have her back very <coughs> shortly. We've had a number of other advertisers come on the show. So David said, you know, uh, Tom, we need to have lunch because I'm really fired up. Because and of, it's raining today. Because of something that you did. <laughs> and I said, okay, if you want to come on because of something I did, I haven't had my ass kicked on this show for a long time. So if I did something bad, then you need to come on the show and you need to kick my ass because that will make the ratings go up. No. Half the people who watch this show actually hate me. So you, you think they all love me that they watch. They don't. Half the people who watch this show hate me, so they're going to love it if, you, if, uh, if, if you're calling me no, out. No, the topic, the topic is you did something that you got no feedback on. So you, oh, o- right, you right, offered... Right. So the, the name of this podcast should be Help Wanted, uh, this one, because you offered local businesses to advertise, whether it's here or on the Valley Patriot, you offered them to advertise at cost for Help Wanted, because we all right. know that everybody's looking for help. Yeah, it was like 25 bucks. Okay, so how many people actually responded? Two, and one of them was my sister who just okay. did it to help. And do you know the reason why? I, you know, I, I've, been scratch- I, I, I've been scratching my head since it happened. Because we all, as business owners, can't get anybody even to show up for a job interview. And I'm not talking about myself, because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. We have some great employees. We have been fully staffed for the last, oh God, three, four years. We recently lost the key player, but we're, st- we're still okay. But everyone in my industry cannot get help. They can't even get people to show up for a job interview. And I wanted to share a story with you um, regarding one of our industrial customers in the area. They had a massive tree fall down during that storm mm-hmm. a few weeks back. And they called us up and said, listen, the loading docks are blocked. And um, we have a delivery coming. And as you know, nobody can get trucking. Nobody can get truck drivers. And they really needed this delivery. So we we dispatched five people out there at 6 o'clock in the morning because the, the delivery was coming at 7. Mm-hmm. And I said the, the facilities manager came out and thanked us for showing up. And I said, you know, we're blocking everything with all the vehicles and stuff. I said, you know, what time do the employees show up? And he said, you're looking at it. And I said, huh? And he's like, yeah, we laid off 68 people wow. when COVID hit in March. We recalled them all, and one came back. Wow. And he knows for a fact that most of them are waiting until uh, that extra $300 a week expires. Yeah. Uh, what, makes, what makes the situation even worse is he went on to say, and I can't believe this, he went on to say that he gets over 200 applicants a week and not one person shows up for a job interview, which that's an absolute disgrace. Yeah, it is. Because people are playing the system. What they're doing is they're, they're filling out their unemployment. What do they call that? The census? Yeah. 
and saying that they, oh yeah, I looked for work. I looked for work. And I've, I've also had other clients. There should be a little line that says, did you show up for the interview? <laughs> I've also had other clients who have corresponded with unemployment and said, yeah, I offered the person the job. They declined. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really a shame what's going on because the government is not listening to small businesses. We're all getting crushed. Um, you know, we're still making money, but our margins are shrinking mm-hmm. because Everything is going up. You can't get product. Um, I don't care what business you're in. You know, a lot of times we're waiting for deliveries. Oh, we have a trucking problem. You know, we can't get plants. We can't get uh, turf. You know, turf has been delayed. Um, you know, the, the price of fuel has gone through the roof. Everybody wants to yell, you know, it's Joe Biden. Well, it's not Joe Biden. We oh, have, come on. It's got to be Joe Biden. We have a problem with trucking in this company. The average age of a truck driver in this company in this country is 55 years old. Most of them are fed up and they're retiring because have you driven on the roads lately? Have you driven a big vehicle on the roads? It's not fun. No. Everyone's cutting you off. Everyone's uh, driving like a maniac. Um, the traffic is is ridiculous. And with any business, I don't care what business you're in, everybody is so shorthanded that if you have good employees, we're overloading them. Because we can't service our clients, and we're overloading the good people. And if you're a truck driver or whatever business you're in, and you're getting to that age and you say, I'm done, mm-hmm. there, there's a severe, severe shortage. You can go anywhere and ask them about trucking. You, there's a severe, severe shortage of truck drivers in this country. And what's going on in this country is an absolute disgrace because you know, we came off the greatest generation in World War II. We had the baby boomers, that's my parents, and then there's us. And everyone, I, the feedback I'm getting from everybody is they're saying, oh, this generation of young kids, the, the millennials or whatever, um, they're lazy, they don't want to work, they're spoiled, they're entitled. Well, whose fault is that? It's our fault. It's our, fault. It's our generation, because every generation wants their children to have it better than them. Mm-hmm. However, we went through a period of time where everyone had to get a trophy. I, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, when my son was um, third grade or whatever it was, it was, he was very, very young. They had the, the soccer team came in last, but they got a trophy. Right. And I said to my wife, that doesn't seem right. No. But that's, that's the environment that all of this generation grew up in. They all feel like, oh, I got it coming to me. Um, uh, it, oh, it, entitled, and I've, I've had to let people go because of, up from that generation because <laughs> – just entitled SOBs. And it's not they, all of them. I don't just, want to paint everyone with a broad no, brush. They're, they're, there's always an exception, but for the, for the most part, you're right. They're entitled little snots. That's what they are. They think that they, every, they, they don't need to do the work and you should still pay them. They don't need to go out and put the, put the effort in, but you should still pay them. And it's, it's infuriating. Like when I get a young person who, who starts objecting to something that's like not even really objectionable because they're all offended – you know, it's because they think that they're all specials, special little snowflakes. Yeah, that's, that's deal one, with them so delicately. But that's like, one oh aspect. But the other aspect is they don't have the worth ethic. Because I, I remember, and my, my wife is like this too, when we were teenagers, you got a job. Mm-hmm. Um, what what, even, what age even, were you when you got your first job? 14. I was 14 too. Yeah, 14. I, uh, I washed dishes at Jilly's restaurant under the table for two years. I've always had a job. Yeah. And my parents did a, did a great job with their kids. My parents... You know, they worked in the, in the textile mills in Lawrence, um, and nothing was handed to us. You know, we, we, you wanted something, you worked. Um, uh, my father bought me a bicycle when I, when I was a kid. My, my parents, I shouldn't say my dad, but my parents bought me a bicycle. It was this green Schwinn bicycle, and I didn't like it, and I didn't take care of it, and I let it sit out in the rain and this and that, and I wanted a new bicycle. I guess back in the 70s, the Huffy was the thing. Right. And I really wanted this bicycle. And my parents said, no, uh, you want a bicycle, you pay for it. So I, I got a paper route for the Eagle Tribune. And I went up on all the, the third floor tenements on High Street and Prospect Hill. And I delivered newspapers for a whole summer. And I saved my money for that bicycle. And I got to tell you, when I went to Zaz and bought this bicycle, I'm dating myself, right. Zaz and bought this bicycle, I was always polishing it. And I kept it nice and neat. It's the same thing because when my, because you paid for it. Correct, right. and it's the same thing when my parents told me you having a you know I was a civil engineer major at Merrimack and I wasn't doing well, and I was having a great old time. And my parents said you're paying your own tuition, and that's when, you know, I really started hitting the books. 
So having things handed to them is, is, not, is doing your kids a disservice. There's so many people on public assistance right now, and the government is not listening to small business owners. They're crushing us because no one can get help. I don't care if you're a landscaper, an HVAC guy, um, appliance repair, what have you. I, I, I deal one of my vendors um, from my home, uh, the air conditioning people. They've been servicing my home since I built it 15 years ago. And I would always call and say, oh, um, I'd like to get on the schedule for a furnace maintenance or what have you. And I called them in, in April before I started my season. And they told me the first opening we have is July 19th. I said, huh? And they're like, yeah, we just don't have service techs. And um, it's, it's really, really a shame because people always tell, told their kids, go to college. Uh, you know, you want to get a job sitting in an office. Right. And I'm guilty of this as well. I, my oldest son, Michael, he's on the dean's list at Merrimack. And he, he, the kid is an amazing kid. If, and it's not because he's my, my son. He is so easygoing. He gives us no trouble. He's extremely intelligent. Do you know what he wants to do for a living? He wants to take over Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Good for him. He's out there right now in the rain, probably Good. doing something. Good for him. And I discouraged it. Because I wanted him to have an easier path right. than, than I did. I remember when, when he was a baby and my, my wife was a stay-at-home mom with two young kids, and I'd be out there in the rain, in the wind, freezing, you know, under horrible conditions and go, you know, I'm doing this so my kids don't have to do right. this. But there, and there, now your kid wants to do it. But there's something, there, there is some satisfaction. If you're a carpenter or an electrician or what have you, and you go on a job site and you smell that sawdust mm -hmm. and you create something with your hands and you come home and you're tired. There's, it's like me. I'll come home sometimes. I like to go on job sites with them every, uh, every so often. It's, lately, it's more often than I'd like. Mm -hmm. But when you come home all muddy and you, you go to a house that's a mess and you tear the whole place down and you cut everything down, you rip everything up, and, and you create this nice welcoming space for the client – and you, you've actually worked with your hands and created something. There's a there's nothing to be ashamed. Yeah, there's a sense of pride. That. There's a sense of pride, and there's a lot of there's a lot of kids um, that don't have that sense of pride because they're sitting home on their computer. And I, I'm not begrudging IT people because they they provide a valuable service. But this country was not built on technology only. There's people we need people to pave the roads. Right. Um, my, my very good friend, Howard Cooper, who owns Cooper Paving Company, he can't get drivers, another one. You know, he could, he could be cranking out, you know, twice as much work if he had drivers. So it's, it's something that it's a huge challenge. And I think we need more vocational schools. My youngest, I son, agree. My younger son, Joseph, is going into his senior year at the VOC and um, at Great Lawrence Tech, I should say. And he wants to be an electrician, and he's he's hooked up with a great company. He's working right now. They love him because the kid is his work ethic is amazing, mm -hmm. and he he really likes um, creating stuff. He, he one of his assignments was Hanscom Air Force Base, and he was putting in all the data lines. He learned something new that day. He came home. He was like, "Dad, you know, I learned this thing. I have no clue, you know." Right, like, right. But that's what he likes. He hates he hates landscaping like poison. Right. But um. You know, it, it's really good for the kids. I'm not saying it's good for everyone, but parents need to stop pushing their kids away from the trades because you could get out of trade school with no debt. And that's something we haven't touched on either because a lot of these and kids- And $150,000 job. Yeah. And, and, and Elizabeth Warren, you know, was on TV the other day. She frustrates the heck out of me. She's, she's, she's telling people, oh, we need to um, forgive $50,000 in debt. Why? What about the parents that paid? Are you talking about student for, debt? For the, yeah, student debt. Yeah. What about the parents that paid for their kids right. to go through college? Um, no one told these kids to take on all this debt. If you went to school and took on $100,000 worth of debt to get a music degree, well, that's your problem. Right. You made a bad decision. And every bad decision I've ever made in my you life- You pay for it. You pay for it. Right. You, but, but you learn from it. Hopefully, hopefully you learn from it. But the vocational kids will get out of school. And in many cases, plumbers, they'll train you to get your apprentice license. They'll, they'll train you. They'll pay for your education. And you, you start a job making, you know, $40 an hour, $50 an hour, and, and you're, you have no debt. Right. 
in which, you know, I, I look at Matt McLennan comes on the show and talks about the price of real estate. I got news for you people. There, there's no crash coming. The feedback I'm getting is all this money that's coming into Methuen and um, Lawrence, Salem, New Hampshire, Andover to some extent. It's all coming from Melrose, Malden, Medford, Lexington. Everyone's moving out of the city and they're going further north. Right. Um, because it's cheap. What you may perceive, you know, buying a ranch in Methuen for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars may seem like a lot of money because it was like three fifty three years ago. But from a person that's coming from Malden, right. that's a deal, right? Because they're selling their house for a million bucks, right? So the cities are all losing people because now people can work remotely. So the price of real estate isn't going down. So why am I bringing up this point? Because a child who graduates from Whittier Tech or a child that graduates from Greater Lawrence Vocational School and is making $1,000 a week or 1500 bucks a week with no debt is going to be able to save with his spouse as well, is going to be able to save money to buy a house versus the kid that graduates from Boston College and is making a hundred and a quarter a year, but is straddled with three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Right. There's an easy there's an easier path to home ownership. Yeah. So it's it's extremely frustrating to see what is going on on the national level. There's they're they're they are not listening to us. Um, there's there's a formula for people who are on unemployment that um, the government will will assist you if you, there's a threshold. And if you have like a family of four and you don't meet that threshold and your unemployment doesn't cover that threshold, you can apply for welfare. And you can get like some housing and food stamps and, and that that's that's a great intention. However, they don't count the extra six hundred dollars a week or the extra three hundred dollars a week that you're getting from the federal government. Oh, it's, wow. it's not in the equation and you'd say that's not sensical. Why right. would why would you do that? They want to boost the numbers, right? They want to boost the numbers because if the numbers don't stay high, then you lose your federal funding. And that's to me that's morally right. You know, corrupt. Why are you doing that? The Department of Transitional Assistance is is it used to be the, the welfare department. It's Department of Transitional Assistance is supposed to help people transition. You're supposed to give them, it's, it's in their title, right. assistance to transition, and they're not doing it. Right. People are on public assistance forever. I mean, I've talked about my home life. My wife goes to the market. She goes to the market basket. But on the rare occasion, she sends me. I feel like, why am I the only person in line paying for groceries when everyone else is whipping out an EBT card? Right. And if you're whipping out an EBT card, I don't want to see you loaded with tattoos and loaded with jewelry, and you have a nicer iPhone than I do. Right. You know, you, Not you, to mention that they're buying lobster and steak and, and potato yeah, chips I mean, and beer. Yeah, and that's an educational thing. I mean, maybe they don't know what healthy food is. But what I'm saying is, if, if my parents came from t- into this country, and we never did, but let's say we were on welfare. My mother used to make our own clothes. And, and, and if, you got, if you got some type of assistance, you were poor. I mean, we used to take the bus. When we lived in Lawrence, when we were younger, we used to take the bus everywhere. We don't, you know, we didn't have a car. And then my 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 mom and dad bought a car, but my father my father needed that car to go to work, and we used to take the bus. But now these people have nice cars. Um, they got you know eleven hundred dollar iPhones, and they're paying for their groceries with EBT cards, and it's disgusting. And I, you know, before people start sending the emails and say, you know, you're out of touch, you're, you're wealthy, you're this or that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not great on, on corporate uh, welfare either. Me neither. You know, like Jeff Bezos is thanking his customers and, and thanking his employees for um, for sending him to space, which is disgusting. And the one time that I did agree with Elizabeth Warren is when she said, yeah, it'd be great if you paid taxes. Right. There should be a minimum tax. I don't mind paying taxes. I just want to be treated fairly. Right. I, I agree with Elizabeth Warren on that, too. And I don't agree with her on much. Yeah. But when she says everyone should be paying taxes, she excludes the 50% of the people who pay no taxes at the bottom of that scale. I think even if you're unemployed, even if you're homeless, pay a dollar. Pay something into the system. Because you're certainly getting stuff back, right? You're getting something. Whether it's unemployment assistance, whether it's a, a tax break on your taxes for whatever. 
everyone should pay something, whether yes. you're at the top of the scale. Seems like people at the top pay nothing. People at the bottom pay nothing. And the middle gets crushed. And the rest, and people like you and I who worked through COVID, who didn't get any special benefits, we're all getting squeezed. Yeah, and, and oh, shout out to uh, my sister Linda today. It's her birthday. And my, hey, happy birthday, Linda. So my sister Linda made a, made a great point. She, she visited us over the weekend, and we were talking about uh, a similar subject. But instead of giving people $300 a week, why don't you help them pay for their child care? Right. That, that seems to be, and my sister Linda brought this up, this seems to be one of the, the reasons why people say, hey, you know, I'm home, I'd like to go back to work, but I have two children, and child care is a huge issue in this country. People can't afford child care. So instead of handing over a check that people will go out to eat or go on vacation, if you've ever driven up like Route 16 on the weekend, it's packed. Everyone's going on vacation. And you just gave people money with, with no strings attached. Right. So what about vouchers for child care? You know how many people would go back to work if instead of the federal funding went directly to child care, you put people back to work? Right. And putting people back to work isn't a bad thing. We really need to stop this. I mean, as much as I didn't like President Trump's behavior, I couldn't stand the guy. You know, I'm a Republican, but I hated his behavior. Unemployment was really low. Right. And people were paying taxes and everyone was working. Right. And now it seems we had this shift and we're using COVID as a crutch. Okay, I understand a lot of people lost their jobs. Okay, my wife's company included. They recalled a lot of people. Some people came back. Some people didn't. But again, the ones that are still there, they're getting killed right. because they're working. There's no such thing as an eight-hour workday anymore. These people are working a lot of hours mm -hmm. because they're doing the work of one and a quarter, one and a half uh, uh, people. And um, they, they need to stop using COVID as a crutch to get people back to work because especially in the trades, we're in a lot of trouble. The average age of a welder in this country is 59 years old. Wow. If I need to get a truck fixed, you're looking at $120 an hour for a diesel mechanic. You can't find them. Right. You know, to get a, a small engine mechanic, $100 an hour. And my customers, uh, you know, they want to know, why is, why is this stuff so expensive? Who does it get passed on? Some of it gets passed on to the client, but some of it gets absorbed. I mean, my, my fuel bills are $800 more a week than they were last year at this time. That's $3,200 a month comes off the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you, you mentioned um, the economy was better under Trump, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Than it is under... Do you, do you also agree... Could you just pull me up? I don't know why... Oh, no, it's good. I, I just had to adjust it. Um, so you said that the economy was better under Trump. Now we've got uh, the Biden administration, who, who I, I think is screwing everything up, but it's not all completely their fault. But do you agree with me that... The situations that you've all talked about today, all those situations that you've talked about, that none of it is by happenstance. This isn't just like this isn't just like the result of a bad pandemic that we had. That this is bad leadership and it's intentional. See, I think it's intentional. It's Democrats. It's yeah. you know, and I know my Democrat friends will be mad at me, but it's Democrats. Republicans sometimes take it too far on on the other extreme, but it's the Democratic Party. They are so into this narrative now that, oh, woe is me. Um, everyone's a victim. Every, everyone's a victim. You're, you're entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in this country. You're entitled to nothing else. Right. Everything else. Not free college. Can not you, yeah, you're, not, you know, you're not entitled to free health care. It's not a birthright. You're entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Everything else you need to work for. And if you don't like the situation you're in, make it better. Right. If, you, if you're working for $15 an hour at Chick-fil-A, suck it up, work there, get a better job, educate yourself. But it, it, the reason why those jobs are, they used to be $7 an hour, right? Now they've bumped everything up to 15 But the reason those jobs are, are for kids. paid so low is because you have no marketable skills. You get the job, you learn skills. You learn how to deal with coworkers you don't like. You learn how to have a boss that you don't like and still come into work every day. Exactly. You learn how to run a fryer later. You learn how to do a purchase order. You learn how business works. And then once you've got that skill... Now you can maybe go to some other business and say, here's what I learned at my last job, Correct. and now you might be able to get a job that's better. But I think all of these Democrats, and a lot of Republicans too, a lot of these politicians, they think that like, well, yeah, but the bottom rung, we should just we should give them a living wage. No. They should be able to live on $15 an hour at Chick-fil-A. It's like, no, that's a starting, that's a starting salary 
for people who have no marketable but, skills but right so now, they can get marketable but skills. But right now, like Kafua Management, Dunkin' Donuts, they're offering like $17 an hour. I don't feel bad for those places because yeah. they've, they've really taken advantage of, of workers over the years. All these Dunkin' Donuts I franchises, yeah. they're paying them dirt. Right. They've been paying them like $13 And they treat an them like crap, too. Yeah, they treat them like crap. They pay them like dirt. So what comes around goes around. Right. I don't feel bad for some of those large companies. Um, what I do feel bad for is all the mom-and-pop places. During COVID, um, I try not to go to Home Depot and Lowe's a lot. My employees break a lot of rakes. Uh, you know, um, recently, like I was looking for a hand pruner in some mm-hmm. of the trucks. We always have like four pairs in every truck. I couldn't find them. You know, they get lost. But I may, I go out of my way to go to a local hardware store right. and buy that stuff. Just right. to, those guys were dying right. because they were shut down when right. all the WalMarts and everybody else was was allowed to stay open. I'm surprised, but, and I want to give a free shout out. I'm surprised that Brian Hardware on Main Street in North Andover. I love that Tiny guy. little place, Brian, right? I bought a rake from him. Did you really? He's a great guy, and, and he doesn't advertise, so it's not a, it's not a, a shelf for an advertiser. But um, he was closed during COVID, and all the big hardware stores, like you said, Home Depot, were open. They were making money. Bezos was making money. Walmart was making money selling rakes, selling doors, screen yeah, doors, my everything kids, else. My kids make fun of me because I refuse to buy anything from Amazon. Yeah. There's two things that I boycott. Okay, and this is for you, Joey and Michael. There's two things that I boycott, Amazon and Ben and Jerry's ice cream wow. because of their social mm-hmm. justice things. They, they provide defense funding for, for cop killers. Right. Um, God bless you, my friend. Yeah, so that I can't stand. You know, people paint law enforcement with a broad brush, but a lot of the police officers, they do God's work. I mean, try getting up and doing that job every right, day. Right, right. You know, and, and, and I've discussed this with you in the past. The only problem I have with police officers is their details when they're on their phone and not paying attention right. to the traffic flow. Other than that, they do a great job. Yeah. But Imagine I, running toward bullets in a crowd. No, I'd be scared to death. I'm, I'm, I'm a coward. I'm running in the other direction, no, right? I'd be, I'd be, I would be scared to death. Yeah, and these, so. and these guys are running in, and, they, and they also, like, I always try to... You know, but again, not to interrupt no, you, ahead. but again, going back to the, Democ- the Democrats, we had one guy that, that murdered George Floyd. That was unconscionable what he did. He right. got everything he deserved and more. But now we just painted the entire police force and the media only reports all the bad things. Right. You know, look at this poor guy in Worcester, that uh, Hispanic, I think he was in his mid-30s police officer that jumped into a pond to save two kids, saved one of them, the other one died, they were 14, and the police officer lost his life. Yep. Where's his pension? Right. Drowning's not in the line of death pension. Wow. Okay. Wow. So he's got a wife and two kids, no pension. He's not a hero. That's outrageous. It is. And the legislature will probably change the law, but it should have been in there in the first place. Right. But, right. you know, he got about one or two days of airtime. That's it. Yep. We're still talking about Derek Chauvin. Everybody knows his name. Yep. Well, it, goes, so, it even goes back to like, hands up, don't shoot, right? With the Michael Brown situation. Oh, God. The, the media jumped on it as if the cop was wrong no matter what before the facts even came out. And at the end of the day, even the Obama... Justice Department did an autopsy on Michael Brown and said, no, the cop did the right thing. He had no choice. The guy was charging at him. The they guy ruined, was they high ruined his on, life. They ruined his life, but they also ruined his family's life, yeah. right? And they ruined all, all the other offices that work for that department. They're, they're always now under suspicion when they go into any situation. They go into a domestic. They don't know if one of these people is still pissed off about that Michael Brown incident. Isn't going to clock him over the back of the head with a pan. Right or or a, yeah. or a dub, dumbbell or something. But we've done to the police uh, police departments in the, across the country what we're doing to the trades now because now police recruitment is down, and you know we have we have a whole segment of the population right now that's not working that is going to enter the workforce at some point. So they don't want to become police officers. They don't want to go into the trades. What's everybody going to do? Right. Can someone answer me this question? We're going to go all, into a depression. We're all going to we're all going to work for tech companies. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. We're all going to work from home and Eventually not to, we're all going to be working for Amazon, who's also going to own our housing and we're going to be paying Amazon like in the old days, you know, the company store, when the, when the mills in Lawrence, they paid you mill money back in the you know 1920s, 1912. They paid people with mill money, and you could go to the mill store to buy your yeah, bread right. and buy your milk, but it wasn't good anywhere Sounds else. Sounds like communism. Well, that's what it is, and that's what they put, and that's, that's where we're but, headed. That's where we're marching, people, and we're marching there very quickly. People love their houses in this country. People love their cars. Who's going to put a roof on your house? Who's going to put tires on your car? 
you know, the, the, the service industry, you know, in restaurants too right now is struggling as well. They've, they have been throughout this whole thing. People like to do things. Uh, people work a lot. They like to go places. They like to do things. In order to do that stuff, you need a vehicle. You know, you need, you need vacation homes. You need hotels, uh, what have you. And if you can't maintain all these things, the peop- we need people to maintain buildings, infrastructure, you know, the roads and bridges and, and things of that nature. Uh, the T, mm-hmm. you know, one of the issues with the T is the unions. They can't get anything fixed um, because the unions fight them tooth and nail. But we'll talk about that right, next, right, right. next year. Right, right. But um, I sent you a message, by the way, on Facebook, just so that you know. Oh, but it's, it's, it's really, really discouraging to watch as, as a business owner. I mean, I've, I've owned Pleasant Valley Landscaping for 33 years. I'm very discouraged. Uh, it's, I never thought at this point when I was younger – in, in the future was bright. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really felt good going to work every day. Now it's it's like, man, what is tomorrow going to bring? Are, right. are we going to have help? Are we going to get hit? Um, part of my frustration this week was a conversation I had with my payroll service. Is I said, hey, what's these charges? And they said, oh yeah, your unemployment contributions went up. Um, the the rate went up. I guess we didn't calculate correctly. And you know, you at home, you people don't understand this. Um, this unemployment insurance is not free. The Massachusetts legislature raised the rates last year 55%, and they wanted to go up another 60%, and Governor Baker blocked it. For all, so for all you Republicans that hate Governor Baker because he's a moderate, thank God we have him. Right. Because it's just constantly taxed. And, and all these people that are on unemployment that don't need to be on, if, you're, if you seriously need to be on un- unemployment, I get it. I totally get it. Right. But if you don't need to be on unemployment and you're just milking it for the extra $300, I, I hope you feel good about yourself because, I mean, we'll survive. I'm fine. No one's holding any bake sales for me. Right. But the, the small guy that has you know one employee or two employees, whether he's in the landscape business or whether he's uh, a plumber, have you, you know, his payroll taxes have gone through the roof. And his unemployment contributions have gone through the roof. Someone has to pay the bill. And the small businesses are paying the bill. I don't feel bad for people like Market Basket that have to, you know, when they pay their payroll taxes and they go, they've gone up because Market Basket doesn't pay their employees time and a half for Sundays anymore. Right. They pay time and a quarter because well, they're not making enough money. Right. I got to make yeah. a note. Have bake sale for Valley Patriot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that one. No, I mean. I'm, I, well, see, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm I don't want to come off. The, I don't, don't want to come off here. Like I'm coming on and crying, oh poor me. No, no, it's no, just, because it's just me being frustrated because you know my industry is one thing, and I we can't compete with a lot of our competitors. We, there's a lot of good landscape companies out there. I think in Methuen alone, there's got to be at least two dozen landscape companies. Guess how many actually operate out of a commercial facility? Four. Wow. Okay. Many of them, I know for a fact, have illegals working for them. They don't have to contribute payroll taxes or unemployment unemployment all, right. all these things you know health insurance what have you so i know do you, do you think this is going to create a huge underground economy of course yeah you know p- people people say to me well, what's the number if i give you cash what am i going to do with the cash right you know we invoice you it all gets run through the through the business right you know but the 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 guys that go out and do things and you know whether they're a mason contractor for instance they'll repair your stairs and you can give them an envelope i can't do that right you got to show you know the material the payroll if, if i if i said to the Hold I- on. start charging <laughs> cash sorry if 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 the irs sees that you have x amount of dollars for payroll, let's say your payroll is a half a million dollars a year and you only claim that you make pick a number two hundred fifty thousand, they're gonna audit you right you know, it's 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 you can't hide things like pe- people did in the in the pizza business. The pizza business got flagged because they were always you know putting cash in the register and they weren't claiming. Not it. ringing they, it in. They yeah. all they all got audited. So it's it's extremely frustrating to watch w- what has happened um, in the trades, and I feel bad for a lot of my colleagues that are that are really really hurting. They don't have a lot of help, and uh, I, I know a lot of guys. In, in my industry, that have maybe one employee, maybe two, a lot of them are working by themselves because they can't get help. Right. And uh, many of them have transitioned out of maintenance. That's why we're booked for maintenance for the whole year because in the maintenance business, you can't um, 
push it down the line. Everybody has to get service that week. So, you know, when it rained like the month of July, our, our, our margins, our profitability took a hit because we kept putting more personnel on mowing lawns. So our, our two crews that mow lawns, they couldn't get the service done. You can't tell the client you're not getting service this week, so you put more personnel. What happens to the construction aspect of the business? It falls behind. Right. So, so many landscapers have gone into hardscape and uh, in, in solely construction because they can book 12 jobs, and if they only get to 10 of them, oh, well. Right. You know, just, it just goes down the line because you can't get help. And I, I feel bad for a lot of them. A lot of them took PPP, the ones that had employees. I didn't want it until people, my peers, either – called me, DM'd me, emailed me and said, you're, you're nuts. You got to take it. And I'm glad I did. I took the first round. I'm glad I did because we ended up keeping our employees home when COVID hit and I paid them to be home. So it helped offset that. But um, I never, I never, ever anticipated the cost of everything going through the roof, yeah. um, especially in 2020. Everything went through the roof and we were locked in on contracts. So it helped off, offset. But there was a lot of businesses that took PPP that didn't need it. Right. Um, I'm, and, I'm hoping that... And, and the mentality of taking that PPP, the feedback I got was, well, they're screwing me anyways, so I'm going to take mine. Right. Okay, even though they didn't need it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's like concrete companies took hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. The concrete industry was through the roof last year, and they didn't need it. Right. They didn't shut down. Right. So I'm just using them as an, I don't want to single yeah, them no. out, no. but I'm using them as an example. No. But try to get a builder. Ask Ron Marsan what a sheet of plywood costs. Right. You can't get building materials. You can't get anything. There's, there's a truck, you know, I'll, I'll talk to my vendors and say, where's those trees that I ordered? Oh, the, well, they're waiting for a truck. And then the, the truck comes and 10% of that order on that truck was Mayan and there's a $120 surcharge because there's a $1,200 surcharge on the load because they couldn't get drivers. They couldn't, oh. get, they couldn't get trucking. Right. So trucking is a, a huge problem. I don't know how we're going to move forward on this, but we have a, 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 a ma- massive shortage of truck drivers, and that's, that's probably 50% of the reason why fuel is so high right now. So when when so I I guess what you're saying is that the reason why we didn't get more businesses to take advantage of our help wanted offer is that they're just so discouraged that it's not going to work. Yeah, I have a friend um, who owns a um, lawn pest management company, and I think at last time we spoke, he was anywhere between sixteen and forty thousand dollars in recruitment costs. You know, I don't know what avenues he's he's used whether it's indeed or um, whatever those services are uh, headhunters perhaps mm-hmm. i've been blessed i haven't hired anyone um in a couple years we you know we looked for one person uh, a couple years ago um we just had someone leave us and we filled that pretty quickly uh, because um we had a connection with someone but i haven't i've been blessed i haven't had to hire so I, I've been hearing from all the people in the business that it's impossible. You can't get. I go on the, the Massachusetts Landscaper Association. You go on their their Facebook page, or uh, and they'll, they'll all talk about what is going on. I have three or four people schedule an appointment with me for a job interview, and they don't even show. Mm-hmm. And the feedback they're getting from our peers are, yeah, that's that's pretty typical. Right. They're just trying to satisfy their unemployment request. It's outrageous. It's, it's outrageous. And the unemployment department does not do their job. I had a guy several years ago. He was employed for me for three weeks. He came in. He seemed nice enough. He destroyed everything he touched. He damaged equipment, smashed the truck. I mean, it was just a nightmare. And finally, this, this, the guy that was working with him, he was supervising him, said, this, something, something is not right here. And we drug tested him. And he failed the drug test. He was terminated. He filed an unemployment claim. We appealed. We lost. Wow. Okay? So you can't fire someone for being on drugs at work. Wow. We've had people quit. You file, they open up an unemployment claim. You appeal. We've lost. Wow. It's it's absolute insanity Mm -hmm. that they just want everybody on some type of assistance. And it, it, it's extreme. I don't mind paying unemployment if we lay someone off. Sure. You know, because, you know, we pay into it, they pay into it, you know, what have you. And it's 
it's it's a way to keep our seasonal employees to come back because they do have that gap in the winter mm-hmm. if it doesn't snow. So, but it's the people that take advantage of the system. It's 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 extremely frustrating that you know because we we hold our our organization. You know, people make fun of me, but our organization we hold people to a higher standard. Um, if you, when you come to work for us, you have to pass a criminal background check, and you have to pass random drug testing. Okay, we put the safest people on your property as possible. I don't care about what race you are, what sex you are, but we we don't want thugs working for us because the our industry is loaded with people that are either illegals or they're criminals. Um, you know, when when we show when we show up to a job site, our fleet is really nice looking. Everyone is in uniform. They have a company hat. They have company shirts, a sweatshirt, what have you. They're in full length pants and work boots, and our female clients feel safe around them because they're pretty professional. Um, we have a, a Hispanic guy that we don't allow them to speak Spanish. You have to speak English. Uh, no one's allowed to speak any other language. Otherwise, I'd be swearing in Italian every day on a job site. You know, you, you didn't get that joke. Sorry. So, so, but, but, um, some of the some of the other people in the industry they show up and, and they have sneakers on, shorts, a do rag, uh, tattoos, no shirt on. They look like they just escaped from Walpole State Prison, right. and it, it's not a joke. It's it's pretty disheartening because why can't we in our industry maintain the same level of professionalism than in that other industries do? Like. Like, for instance, if my dishwasher breaks or my washing machine breaks, I call the appliance repair guy. He comes in and he says, Mr. Consoli, it's $120 for the service call, and this is the parts. I'm not going to turn around and say, well, I'll give you 80 bucks." Right. But that happens in the landscape industry. Sure. Because the perception is, ah, these guys, they're not professional. You know, they don't run it like a real business. They're driving around in a pickup truck that's all rusted out. And... It's, it's, it's really, really frustrating when you go over three decades and you invest tens of millions of dollars in payroll, in equipment, in things that make the business efficient, and then you get penalized for it. Because people will say, you know what? You just charged me $600 to clean my yard. You were here an hour. Okay, well, what did my competitor charge? They charged me $600, but they were here for four hours or five hours. Well, that's not my problem. Right. You know, we showed up with a ton of resources. The business model is different. But the perception is, oh, yeah, you're making too much money. Right. So I wish in, in that aspect, the landscape industry, I wish they would transition into a more professional, maybe perhaps regulated industry like plumbers, because there is no plumber, no electrician, no HVAC guy that's going to walk into your house and you're going to negotiate with them. Right. It's not happening. Right. And that happens in the landscape industry all the time. Now, I'm older and wiser and a little bit stubborn, but- you know, when someone, I say, this is the price, it's going to be $1,800 to do this. Thank you. Have a nice day. And you know, I walk away. And they'll say, well, 1600 No. Right. You know, th- this is what it is. And, uh, and the people that I've mentored over the years, I've always told them, you're going to sit on your couch and make nothing before you go to work and lose money. Right. But, but getting more people into the trades, getting more professionalism into the trades, I think may help because maybe that's my generation is told their kids don't go into the trades. Yep. And I think that might be a factor as well. Because I, I, they I, I, look, I, you look down on them, the working class, you're looking down on them. Right. And, you know, we make a, we make a pretty good living, you know, doing what we do. I mean, I, I love being outside, and that's like my eldest son, mm-hmm. Michael. And, you know, the kid's a Dean's List student at Merrimack, as I indicated before. He loves being outside. Right. He's running equipment. He's, he's doing this. He's doing that. And on the days where I say – I need you to sit with me in the office and let me show you a few things. He, he, he's he like, ah, he well, he, he, he's learning, but he's like, oh, this thing's, what do we pay for insurance? Oh, that's a ripoff, Dad, you know, and, and stuff like that. But that's the mundane administrative end right. of of. But of you're giving things. him those skills, too. So if he starts another business somewhere else down the line, he's got those skills now. Yeah, and he's learning. He's learning. I mean, he's 19 years old. He's learning a lot of um, customer service skills because people, you know, in, in some of the uppity upper class communities, they freak out on the employees. Right. Uh, There's no civility. People are condescending and demanding. And, you know, I've put my son right in the frying pan and said, deal with it. Right. Um, Because I've noticed 
you know, if I get a call to a job site and say this customer is out of control and I show up, the tone immediately changes, you know, because right. the 54-year-old guy is here, not the, not the 25-year-old kid that you right. think that you can take advantage of. But my son has, has done a great job recently diffusing a lot of that stuff and say, no, you, we're, we're hired to do X, Y, and Z. You want that done. That's a change order. You got to call my dad, right. you know, because they'll try to get you to um, do things. You know, it's the while you're here mentality. I, I know we're a little over. Yep. Um, Chrissy has something she has to do after three, right? Oh, we got to go. So we, so Speaking we, of working, I like working, and I do have more work that I'm going to go do. So. I'm sorry, so, Chrissy. That, no, that, you're fine, okay. David. You're always fine. So, um, I just kind of... The one thing that I've been wanting to say the whole show, and I've been thinking about this now for the last... Since before COVID, actually. One of America's greatest heroes is Mike Rowe. You know who Mike oh, Rowe he's is? amazing. Okay. And you watch his shows about dirty jobs, all the, all the trade stuff that you talk about. He highlights trades, talks about how kids shouldn't be going to college right out of high school. They should get like real life experience first. And then if you want to go back, that's fine. Um, and I see you as like the local Mike Rowe. That's, I mean, I, I hear you. <laughs> dirty job, dirty David. Right. But, 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 but everything that you're saying is true mm-hmm. and it needs to be said because a lot of people don't understand how true it is. Yeah, parents need to to understand there's a lot of satisfaction in going out there and working with your hands. Yes. Even though things are tough, sometimes the conditions are rough. But And, and I'm not saying it's for everyone. We need doctors. We need lawyers. We need engineers. Newspaper we need, publishers. Yeah, we need, you know, if I had to do it all again, I'd be a home builder. I love building houses. Right. See, I, you know, My wife doesn't like it because right. I go overboard. But, you know, I love architecture. Right. And, but everybody has a passion. And the passion has gone away from the construction industry. Right. You know, the passion has gone away from that. And I'm not saying it has to be a lifetime job either. But kids could go to trade school, become a carpenter, be a carpenter until the age they're 45, and then move on to something else. Sure. You know, be a project manager. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Or um, um, maybe a um, an architect, you know, go back to school, do that. But as long as you have... A talent in the pipeline, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's one thing I talk about my employment, the talent. Right. You know, the, these guys are talented. They do a, they do a really great job. And without your employees, I don't care what organization you are. Without your employees, you're nothing. Oh, no question. Yeah. When I started, when I started the Valley Patriot, I used to do all the deliveries myself. But we were in four communities. Now we're in like 38 communities. I can't do all those deliveries, especially with my physical condition. So I have to hire drivers and I have to rely on them to do a good job. And I have to rely on them to be professional and represent my business. And thank God, knock on wood, we've kept our drivers through COVID. We've kept our drivers through Columbia Gas. We kept our drivers through all of that. Uh, I think we might have changed one driver at some point, but almost all my people have been with me for more than five years. um, And they're great. Um, You know, I I went and I know we got to wrap up. I went, I went to the Vogue my first two years. I was in carpentry. Great school. And I loved it. I loved carpentry. But then I had to have two rods put in my back. I had scoliosis. And I'm looking at my future saying, do I want to be climbing ladders the rest of my life with two rods in my back? Do I want to be doing this? Yeah, because with, you had a physical limitation. Because even though like after the surgery, I was okay and I could, I could move, I could lift things a little bit. But I also knew that as I got older, that was not going to be, always be the case, that it was going to degenerate at some point. So I went into other stuff, right? I went into writing. I went into politics. I went into all these other things. But like we, we had lunch yesterday, and one of the things that I was thinking is, you know, I wish that I was physically good enough to go out and do landscaping one day a week just for extra money, right? Because I would be, I would be one of your on-call guys. You get a guy that doesn't show up tomorrow, you know, 40 bucks an hour, I'll come in for the day, mm-hmm. right? And that would be more than I'm making on the Valley Patriot for the week. So I, I wish that I was in a position that some of these young kids are today that they're physically fit, they're physically capable of doing the job, but they're just too damn lazy to do it. I wish I was in that position because yeah. I would be jumping at the opportunity it's, even for part-time it's, work. It's frowned upon. It's not, people look down on the trades a lot of times. And I never had – I'm a graduate of Central Catholic. I'm a product of Catholic schools my mm-hmm. whole life. But walking into Greater Lawrence Technical School, I was in awe of that facility and my son Joseph goes there and I can't believe how many people in that staff want your child to succeed. Right. If he falls behind, they're there. Mm-hmm. The help, the support and the help is amazing. Not to mention you can eat off the floors in the bathrooms. You know, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a clean freak. So, but the, the school's immaculate. They right. do such a great job at mm-hmm. the Greater Lawrence Vocational Tech. I really wish more people would, uh, we'd build more of them, first right. of all build more trade schools, but more people will consider the trades. That's we desperately re- need 
we desperately need workers in all trades. I'm not saying right. landscaping, but masonry, you know, carpentry, um, and so forth and so on, electrical plumbing, what have you. There's a there's a lot of good opportunities out there, and they're not all union as well, mm-hmm. because unions have pros and cons as well. So Yeah, that's one of the reasons why when we, when we do our charity bash every year in March, which, by the way, we had to cancel for, our, for the end of August, um, but we will have one in March. Um, two of the scholarships we give out, one is for the VOC, and one is for Whittier Tech. Great school. Because if you're getting a trade and you want to go into college to learn more about your trade, architecture, whatever it is, you know, those are the kind of jobs that are always going to take care of you later on. And so we, we always try to do that. Um, I, I wish that I was physically fit to do physical labor because I'd be making a shit ton of money right we'll now. We'll do it for you. All right, okay. But if anybody has an admin job that I can do at home, I'll be happy. I'm a pretty good writer. Uh, I want to thank Chrissy here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, did I tell you he was all fired up today? I, you did. Right? You I did. said hello, and then he just launched, right? Well, it's a rain day. Right, My right. employees are inside fixing, fixing <laughs> everything <laughs> that's broken, please, so I'd rather be here. Please come back. I love the shows where I don't have to do any talking. Not until the winter, okay? Right, right. But I love the shows where I don't have to do any talking because... People, people learn from my guests, oh, from their yeah. specialized experience and, and, and what they've gone through. And you also learn the rumors about me running for city council of Falls because I didn't pull paper. Yes, pe- yes. Pe- pe- people need to get a life yeah. spreading that rumor. Well, I don't, I don't want to say anything about Bill Bryant. But, um, so we, uh, so we want to thank our, our advertisers. I'm sorry, Chrissy. McLennan Real Estate, AFC Urgent Care, Marsan and Sun Construction. Give them a call. Give them a call because Dave's not taking construction jobs. David. David. David is not, he's doing construction jobs. Sorry, Mom. Uh, EIS Gun Training and Investigation, who I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going to get my totally uh, salad right after this. Teddy Fairburn, Workers' Compensation Attorney. Tomo's, Tomo's Hibachi. We're going there Saturday for the Hibachi. Uh, who else? Clear Path for Veterans New England. And, of course, our good friend Dave Id. Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Thank you to Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. All of our listeners, all of our readers at the Valley Patriot, if you're looking to sponsor the show, $50 a week, please get in touch with us. We'll take care of you. If you want to advertise in the Valley Patriot, now's the time to do it. It's local elections. Our, our readership literally doubles at election time. Sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. Yep, that's what he said, so go home already. Thank you, Good guys. Good job, Dave. David. <laughs> David. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.